declare to you what was from the beginning, which we have heard and what we have seen with our eyes, and what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed and we have seen it and testified to it and declared to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. And we declare to you what we have seen and what we have heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father Yahweh and with his Son Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that your joy and our joy may be complete. And this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And if we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, we lie. And we do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, Yeshua, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, I've written these things to you so that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin in here, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Amen. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the world. Unbeliever also for you. Now by this, not by our sins, not by our mistakes, now by this, we may be sure that we know him. That we, that we experience him, that we have relationship with him, hallelujah, if we obey his commandments. Whoever says I've come to know him or have relationship with him but does not obey his commandments is a what? A liar. In such a person, the truth does not exist. But whoever obeys his word, truly in this person, the love of Yah has reached perfection. By this, we may be sure that we are in him that we abide with him, that we walk with him, that he teaches us, that we are discipled by him. Is that we walk as he walked. Beloved, oh, loved of God, I'm writing to you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you have heard from the beginning, yet it's still a new commandment because I'm wording it differently. Yet I'm writing to you a new commandment that is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says I'm in the light while hating a brother or sister is still in darkness. Whoever loves a brother or sister lives in the light, abides in the light, dwells with God, who is the light. And in such a person there is no cause for stumbling within or cause anybody else to stumble. But whoever hates another believer is in the darkness, walks in darkness, and does not know the way to go because the darkness has brought on blindness. Because the darkness has brought on blindness. I just read 1 John chapter 1. Chapter 2 through verses 11, which we'll be diving in today. Chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. But I have to read from the top. Every time we come in on a Sunday service, on a Sunday morning, or even if we come together for city group, 
all these platforms that God has graced us with is so that we can be disciple in the ways of God. And when I think about discipleship, I don't look about making a believer who's a philosopher of Christ, but making a disciple who is a follower of Christ. Because he has come to a place where he loves the Lord Yah with all his heart, his soul, and his mind. And he loves his neighbor as he loves himself. See, philosophy is only the means to an end. We gain knowledge and understanding and wisdom so we can come to know him. The one we just prayed and, and sung, sung about that we want to be just like him. We want to be just like him. But we know it's not an easy task. Why? Because it never was meant for us to work to become like him. It was always meant for him to impart himself in us and through us. Like she sung, Galatians 2.20 says, it's no longer I that lives because I've been crucified with Christ. So it's no longer I that lives but who but Christ now lives through me. And the only life I live is a life of faith in the one who has been imparted in me, who's working through me by his Holy Spirit. Dahadi been talking about this for the last two days because we've been in the If series. Talking about if we were known by our love, our fellowship must be dot, dot, dot. And though you may have heard this scripture over and over again in, in John chapter 13 where he said, he said, hey, this. He said, listen, they will know that you are my disciples if you what? Love one another. And if you truly want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you truly say, hey, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, then he says in his word, then you must love one another. For it is a privilege to be associated with a holy God when we know how unholy we are outside of him. The beauty of the word Christian, the reason why the believers embraced it, they didn't embrace it to create a, 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 another, a religion, but they embraced it because they was like, yo, they're associating us with Christ. They said those are the Christians. They're the ones who believe in him, the Christ, Jesus, the Christ. So they say, yes, that's who we are. It's a beauty to be associated with the Savior. And he says, but so if you want to, be associated with me. And if you, if you say that you are my disciple, meaning I train you, I teach you, I pour into you, then you must love one another. Because what? Because that's how the world would know that you are my disciple. That's how every single body around you would know that you are my disciple. Not by your church attendance. Not by how you can memorize the Bible. Not by which denomination you choose or what type of way you preach or teach or what, what pastor, whatever you follow. Not by how much we give. Because even 13 said you can give, but if you don't have no love, that doesn't mean anything. He said they will all know that you are my disciple when you love one another. So I pray this morning that we allow the Holy Spirit to give us the ability to love one another and we embrace it as more than just a command. And we embrace it as a life, a life proclamation that no matter what, 
I'm going to try my best to submit to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to give me the ability to love one another. First John. John wrote, John is called the beloved of Christ. Sometimes he may say, I'm, the, I'm the, the one that's loved of Christ. He's not saying it because he's trying to boast. What he's saying is that he recognized how much Jesus Christ loves him. He said, I'm, I'm loved by Christ in so many words. But he's known as being the, the apostle of love. Love is mentioned over 46 times in the in first, third, first, second, and third John. If I knew John, he'd probably be one of those that watch chick flicks and, and have blankets on the couch just like I do with my wife sometimes. He's an apostle of love. But he's writing this letter because right now in the midst of everything that's going on, there is some tension within the body. There's a tension within the churches of Asia Minor because there's a group that have come out of them. And they're now saying that Jesus Christ ain't the Messiah. Jesus Christ ain't the Son of Yah. And they're causing disruption. They're causing tension. They're causing division. So John doesn't fire back. He reminds them of what it's all about. Fellowshipping with the light who is our Father. He shepherds them like a father with shepherds. I know y'all upset. I know it's a lot going on. But no, it's not all about that. Don't be distracted by that. Just remind yourself that we are here to fellowship with the Father and fellowship with one another. So when we dive into this text, I see two things that, that John is displaying here. I see one, I see him first give like a doctrine of intimacy. And usually if you look at the principles and the patterns in God's word, you usually, you usually see God do like quite a bit of the same things. Like God always has a doctrine that he shows and then he demonstrates it. So right here in John, he shares the doctrine of Yah, the doctrine of intimacy, and then he shares the demonstration of impartation. Impartation is different than imputing something. Impute and impart is different. When we think about impute, we think about when they say our righteousness has been imputed in our lives, imputing our lives through Jesus Christ. But impartation is the sanctification. When God shows up and he gives his, his self and he gives his, his fruits to, to flow through us so we can look like him. And again, if we want to be known as his disciples, we want everybody around us to know we are disciples, then we must love one another. Let's dive in his word. He said, now by this we may be sure He said, this is how we know. This is how we know daily by experience that we have come to know him, to understand him, and to be more deeply acquainted with him through knowing him by knowledge and knowing him by fellowship. Pause. We're quick to say, oh, I know God. But do you fellowship with him? Oh, I know God. But how much time do you spend in prayer with him? Yeah, I know God. And what is he saying to you right now? John is making a clear say, this is how you know. This is how we know that we know him, that we fellowship with him. This is how we know that we truly have relationship with him, koinonia with him. He said, if we keep his commandments or obey his commandments. 
Keeping or obeying his commandments, the word here is not about being perfected, not being perfect, about making sure you hit, the, hit everything, you dot every I and you cross every T. No, he's talking about if you guard his commandments, if you uphold his commandments, if you allow his commandments to be the standard of your life. So it's not about perfection, it's about positioning his commandments and saying, hey, hey, I know y'all say that marriage is about this, but God say marriage is about that. I know y'all say gender is about this, but God say gender is about that. Do you obey or keep or guard and uphold his commandments? He said, by this we will know sure that we know him and we obey his commandments. Whoever says I've come to know him or fellowship with him does not obey his commandments is a liar. He said, how can you say that, man, Yahweh is your God and Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior when he tell you not to say that to that person and you say it? Or he say, don't tweet that. He say, oh, I'm going to do it anyway. How can you say this? He said, you're a liar. And in such a person, the truth does not exist. But whosoever obeys this word, truly in this person, the love of God has reached perfection. He said, but if you have fellowship with God and you obey his commandments, then his love is perfected in you. Not by you, but his love is perfected in you. Not by what you do, because you have a willingness to obey his will. He said, if you obey my commands, you guard my commands, you uphold my commandments, then love will be perfected in you. You want to love your child better? You want to love your spouse better? Then submit to my commandments. Follow my commandments and watch, watch love develop in you. Why? Because when you submit to his commandments, it automatically brings you to his spirit. And then his spirit begins to do the work. Because one of his commandments is, abide with me. And outside of abide with me, you can do nothing. So you say, okay, then I'm abiding. And as you abide with him, you're abiding with the Holy Spirit. And as you abide with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit produces fruit through you. Not your hands. Not how much you don't say a cuss word. Not how much you don't do this or that. When you just yield. I love Hebrews when he says, man, there's a rest for my people. He said, there's a rest for my people. He said, when they come to a, a, a place where they cease from their own works, just like I did on the seventh day. There's a rest for you in these relationships that we have. When you just cease from trying to figure it out yourself. And you just let the Holy Spirit do the Holy Spirit. I don't know how many times I said, Lord, my wife, okay, God, Holy Spirit, do you. It's a season, it's a rest. He said, you reach perfection. Why? It's not you. You reach a place of not, again, perfection like you're doing everything right, but a place of maturity where you're able to sit and wait on the Lord to respond through you by spirit versus you. Let me move on. Hallelujah. By this, he says, we may be sure that we are in him. Sure that we, 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 we abide with him, we walk with him, he, he, he teaches us. 
That we, that we are fellowshipping with him and we're, we're come alongside of his work and not our own work. This is how we know that we are in him. Whoever says I abide in him ought to walk as he walked. I don't know how many times I've heard brothers and sisters say, I know I'm supposed to do that, but I'm not Jesus. You could be if you deny yourself and pick up your cross because then he will part himself through you. Life with following Jesus is not about perfection, but impartation of himself in you, believer. He said you ought to walk just as he walked. And these verses, verses 3 through 6, again, is his doctrine. It's the doctrine of intimacy. He said if you say you are intimate with him, then you should be obeying his commandments. You should be walking with him. You should, I should be able to look at your life and you should look like your daddy. I should be able to look at your life and you should look like your savior. But then he comes over to the demonstration of impartation. He said, beloved, I'm writing to you a new commandment, but an old commandment that you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. He says, so I'm writing you a new commandment, but it's really an old commandment. But the way I'm wording it, it's going to seem like a new commandment, but it's really an old commandment. So you can brace out an old and a new commandment, but it's a commandment. Amen. <laughs> he says this. I like how John be right, right? Yet I am writing you a new commandment that is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Pause. He said, I'm writing this commandment to you because already believer, follower of Jesus, one who follows him in faith. He said the darkness is already passed because of the work of Jesus. And because of what the personal work of Jesus Christ, his light is already shining through you. So I'm talking to you because the impartation of, of Yeshua is already alive and moving in your life. That should be encouragement to somebody. Study your word. Study, study your word and study, what, study about what God says about the mind, body, and soul. So you can understand how this, this fight operates. And then you can understand what Paul say, man, the things I don't want to do, I do. I know there's a war in my body. You're like, well, that's hard to believe because I sin. I'm the one that goes and sin. And I don't want to sin. How can I say I'm not sinning? Because when you understand that the body becomes dead to you when you are crucified with Christ. You became crucified with Christ. Lost y'all, didn't it? We were like, huh? You are not this flesh. It is but a vessel. That's why when we pass away, this remains and we go. So this is a vessel. Astronaut. Can y'all, astronaut, spacesuit. Amen? I think that'll work better. Spacesuit, astronaut. We're only in a spacesuit to take us because we need to go to Pacific de uh, destination. But if we're not going to the moon, if we're not going to the Mars, there's no need for the spacesuit. So we put on another suit. Same here. You are in the skin because you're connected to this earth for this certain time of dimension and disposition. But you're not, of this, you're not of this flesh, though you're in it. Same as the world. God used patterns and principles, I'm telling y'all. Same way he said you're in the world, not of it. You're in the skin, but you're not of it. So though your, your, your skin has a desire, and though it may do sin, it may want to do that in your heart, you're like, I don't want to do it. So because your willingness and wanting to be righteous and your faith in Jesus, that sin that your sin does has nothing to do with you. So he's saying... 
Though you may see yourself sin all the time, you got to advocate with the Father. That is not you. The light of Yahweh, the light of Yeshua is already shining through you. Though the darkness seems like it's there, it's passed away because you're not connected to this flesh. And he says this, whoever says I am in the light while hating a brother and sister is still in darkness. Now this word gets real tricky. He said, whoever says that I am in the light. Now, we already talked about it in the first chapter. He said, man, God is full of light. There's no darkness in him. Christ and God is you refer to as light as well. But he said, if I'm in the light, if I'm abiding in the light, if I'm in a place of illumination where I'm trusting the personal work of Jesus Christ, if I'm in a place of illumination where I'm seeing that the world is darkness and that's not my home no more, if God, Jesus Christ, already uh, rescued me from this light of darkness, from this world of darkness, and I'm in the light and I'm abiding in the light, but I'm saying I'm hating my brother and sister, then I'm really not in the light. I'm in darkness. Hate. Now, I'm sure when it says hating a brother and sister, pretty much probably everybody in this room said, oh, I don't, I've never, like, I don't hate my brother and sister. I've never hate my brother and sister. And you're probably saying that because you're looking, you're thinking about the definition the world gave you. Where it has to be this very detest, this pointing fingers, I hate you, get out of my face, hate. Yahweh look at stuff different. That's why I say, man, uh, man, if you murder somebody, if you slander your brother with your tongue, you murder him. If you just think about lust, you, you'd have committed adultery. Yahweh thinks differently. Hate is not the same. Hate here is maseo. It means to love something or love someone less. It's just simple, to love someone less. Now, this is a comparison word in, this, in the Scripture because what he's talking about is that this is the same word that's in the Scripture when he says, man, everybody, if you don't hate your mother, father, sister, brother, if you don't maseo your mother, father, sister, brother, or even your very own self, you're not worthy to be my disciple. And what he's saying is that if, you're, if, you, don't, if you love me less than them, you're not worthy to be my disciple. Like your love for me should be so grand that, it, that it's on the level, it looks like the level of hate. Because of how you love me so much more than it's a comparison word right here. In other areas, it can meet the test, but in this scripture. So what is he saying? He's saying that if you are at a point with your brother and sister where you love one brother and sister less than the other brother and sister, you hate them. Because I taught y'all love is about giving. It's about regard. It's about you first, me second. So he's saying, but if you get to a point where it's about you first and then they second, and if it's an inward focus instead of outward focus, then you hate your brother and sister. Because remember, my commandment said if you love your neighbor as yourself, you're, then you're completing and you're, you're fulfilling the law. So if you're loving your brother and your sister less, then how you love yourself, then you hate your brother or your sister. If you have a brother and sister and you're willing to show up, pour into, um, consistently fellowship with, call them, uh, love on them, be ready to add heed to what they're saying more than, you, more than the other one that you're in proximity with, that's hate. Now all of us are guilty of that. If you're ever in a situation where y'all having an argument and you start saying, this is not worth it, that's hate. 
Whenever you're in a place where there's tension, and you're just like, I don't, like, I don't want no bit of that. Like, I'm moving on. I don't have to. That's hate. Because what you're saying is that I don't have to give nothing to you. I keep it to myself. And he said, you don't love your brother or sister. And the love here is agape. Given to someone without condition. And the love that we're so used to, we actually operate sometime more. And I would say uh, philia love or philia love or Philadelphia love which is a partial love because that's a conditional love. It's only a love that you use, what, if you're in a sibling situation. Same as Eros, which is one of my favorite loves in my, in my marriage. Amen. But think about it. If you only operate in Eros, is when you're in a relationship with somebody in a romantic relationship. So it's a partial love. It's a conditional love. It only exists if, the, if, if a romance exists. Do you hear what I'm saying? Philadelphia love or Philea love only exists if there's a sibling, if there's a brother and sisterhood. Eros only exists if there's a relationship between two people romantically. But the thing about agape, it always exists. This is why. Revelation of Yah. Because love is not an action. Love is not a feeling. It is God. Blows makes you think of things different. Agape is God. Later on in 1 John, he said, those who love God is of God. And what? God is love. You think that was just a dope saying? Everything about God is who he is. That's what he said. The word was with God, and the word was God, and the word manifests itself among himself. And then they talk about him. We beheld him, and we touched him, and we filled him. Same with love. The word love is with God. The love is God. God is not us. He's a God. Everything he, he puts in place is in place. Everything he says that he is, is who he is. It's not a feeling. It's not emotion. It is all part of who he is. That's why they say, hey, in one, he said, know that when you have fellowship with us, you have fellowship with the Father. Why? Because they know that, man, this relationship, we need God's love to be here. And God is love. So we're always going to make sure that when you fellowship with us, you fellowship with the Father so we can love you well. And since that is truth, how much do we sit and have relationships and fellowships and we don't allow God to be in it? How many times can you count that when you get with your brother and sister in the faith, that y'all really talk about God and his word and how you're excited about it and what God been telling you this past week? Your fellowship is dwelt around you. It's all about what you think, what you feeling, what, what you, I mean, that one thing that just happened, Drake just dropped this, I'm, like, it's not, I'm not knocking this stuff, I'm just saying, saints, there has to be a, we have to realize, if we're not focused on him, and our fellowship with one another, don't always have him there, we're going to stray off. And then when attention comes, like it's happening in John, we're going to break apart, and we're going to operate in darkness. Because we're not abiding in light or abiding with the Holy Spirit. We just live in life. That's a scary place to be. He said, but whoever hates another believer is in darkness, walks in darkness, and does not know the way to go because the darkness has brought on blindness. Blindness, blindness, blindness. I can put a, a puzzle made for a five-year-old in front of you, and you could put together in minutes. 
But if I, if I put it before you, blindfold you, and then broke the puzzle apart, you can put it together. Because you can't see what pieces to put where they need to be at, even though it's simple to put together if you had the blindfold off. But because you have blindfolds on, you can't put the puzzle together like it's supposed to be. This is what he's talking about here. He said, if you're dwelling in darkness, you're blinded. So how do you expect when tension happens in relationships, if things start breaking apart, that you're going to be able to put it together because you're blinded? Only in the light are your eyes are open for you to be able to do things. That's not just relation. That's what life, period. And especially if you know that the Bible teaches us that your flesh is an enemy to God. Your flesh is an enemy to God. It says the flesh don't even want to do the things of God. And your flesh actually has more control over you than the Holy Spirit according to how you live. But yet, we sit in darkness and we, and I understand. I'm not talking like I don't understand. I've been intentions and relationships. I've been in a lot of them. But I know what it's like when we take our bitterness and we sit in the darkness. When we take our hurt and we sit in the darkness in isolation. When we take our hurt, whether it's from verbal hurt or whatever, and we just sit in darkness with it. And God said, no, come out the light. You're like, no, 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 no. Like, they, they did this. It hurt me. They, 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 they hurt me too bad. They hurt me. It's, no, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to dwell here. I just, I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to go to city group. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit in my darkness with my bitterness and my pain and my hurt. But the thing about it, while you're in darkness, you still have these relationships. So now you're operating out of that darkness. And you're causing more harm than it was before. But the beauty of this is that he's just calling us to fellowship and have intimacy with God. Because intimacy invites impartation of Christ. If we are to be known by our love, then our fellowship must be from an intimacy with God. Because intimacy invites, man, impartation of Jesus Christ. Relationships going to be messy. Relationships going to be jacked up. You going to hurt somebody, somebody going to hurt you is inevitable. We're broken. The church is going to be messy. Family is going to be messy. Why? Church is messy because family is messy. And family is messy because people are broken. Church is messy because family is messy. And family is messy because people are broken. So what you going to do with it? What if God tell you right now what he is through his word, that you're going to be hurt, y'all going to have tension, you're going to snap off, you're going to be upset, somebody going to snap off of you, and he say, it's going to happen until you see me face to face. You know what? And it's going to happen just as much in the world as it is in the church. Would you run from the church then? This is the beauty of the gospel, that God brought all these, unbroken, all these broken people, you and I, all of us together, to be in one family. The problem is, we don't want to just be siblings. We want to be saviors. 
God said, just be siblings. We're like, yeah, but I want to be a savior too. I want to help people with their sin. Christ, like I took care of it already. Rest. Rest. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. Let the impartation of my son live through you. Die to yourself. Get out the way. All through scripture, think about disciples was already always at it. Who's gonna sit on throne? I'm gonna do that. No, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna take your place. No, I'm taking it. It was always tension. Not just with the disciples, go to the apostles. Paul and Paul and Barnabas had it, they said a sharp argument, a huge disagreement. These men, and knowing their background, they probably was going at it. The Bible said they had a sharp argument over Mark. Because Mark, on one of their journeys, Mark abandoned him. I don't know if it was out of fear. I don't know if his, his girl hit him on the cell and she was like, you better get home fast. I don't know. They had stone cells. No, they did. I'm lying. That's not in Scripture. I'm acting like Medea. So, um, but they did say, they said, man, it was a, they said Mark abandoned him. So Paul was like, nah. So they was getting ready to go on this journey, Paul and Barnabas, and Paul was like, nah, like Mark ain't coming with us. That dude abandoned us on the last journey. Nope, I'm not going with him. And he said they had a sharp argument. Now, now Mark, John Mark, was, was Barnabas' cousin. So of course he was taking up for him. I know you ain't going to say that about my cousin, though. So I know that was, you know how it is. You're like, I hear you, bro, but you ain't about to say it about my cousin, though. <laughs> if you're from where I'm from, that's when you know it's about to get real when you just turn side where you don't even look at him no more. Like, I know you ain't about to say it about my cousin, though. And you're looking at something on the ground like, I'm, I'm telling you, son, I'm telling you. But he said they had a sharp argument. He said they end up going on separate journeys, on separate paths to do mission. But the beauty of it is that 2 Timothy, you hear Paul say, hey, man, hey, tell Mark to come on. Mark is a blessing to my ministry. If we would have looked at that, if that would have happened in our lives, we'd be like, this ain't God. I'm done with it. This is a bunch of mess. This is a bunch of whatever. But the people of God, they dealt with arguments and tension and problems. And hate, if you hate your brother and sister, it doesn't mean you're not a believer. It just means there's just areas of your life where there's brokenness. And you're just not able to handle the hurt. That's fine. I get it. We all can't handle the hurt all the time. But the thing is, is that we have to allow the Holy Spirit to bring us together. And if you don't believe that, then you're walking in blindness. If you believe it's okay to have tension with somebody and then just walk away and go on with your life, you are not walking in light. You're walking in blindness. You have no right to not forgive somebody. The word said, if you don't forgive, then I don't forgive you. If there's any, if there's any reason that your salvation can be, can be voided, not forgive somebody. But it's not hard. It's not easy. Relationships are hard. They're hard. But that's why we need agape love. Dwelling in our relationships. And we have to get to a point, believers, that we're not, we're not fighting to, for our stance, but we're fighting for our togetherness. 
And a lot of times in our relationships, instead of fighting to remain together, we're fighting to, to, to maintain, maintain our stance in our argument. We do it in marriage, too. Your wife said, you get your voice louder. She said, your voice go louder. She said, you hit it with something else. Me and my wife get that bad sometimes because we sold that into our relationship. So early in our marriage, we have to fight through that thing because before we was believers, I mean, I won't believe it since I was two, so I, got, I became a believer like in my 20s. So I had a lot of bad habits in how to deal with arguments. So I raised my voice. Whoa, 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 whoa. But my wife ain't no punk. She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it just be going on. Our kids is like, what is going on? Somebody had to yield. And it's the same here as brothers and sisters. Will you yield for the sake of togetherness, for the sake of unity? Will you check yourself? Check to see if you're walking in darkness or not. And most importantly, will you get out the way and trust in the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to be the fruit that flows through your life? Agape love is needed in our relationships. The only way it's going to be there is by like what Galatians 5 said, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. Some of y'all out here are hurt because you've been in past relationships, whether with your parents, whether with your own siblings. Me and my older sister just, just reconciled by last week, and I've been pursuing her for almost two years. Actually, before the pandemic, just some disagreement. And I didn't know what. I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I would pursue her. And she was like, don't call me. She got to the point where she was like, don't ever call me again. Like, don't text. I was just like, I don't know what to do. That's like, all right. But then I'd still be nagging. I'd be like, hey, I love you, though. <laughs> and it's been going on for two or three years. But I didn't stop pursuing her, even when she pushed me away. That's what this love is about. That's what agape love is about. I didn't expect a, a response from her. Her response to me didn't stop me from pursuing her. Even when she rejected me strongly. The love in me, the, 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 the ruach in me, the, the, the agape love in me by the Holy Spirit kept saying, go after her. Go after her. Go after her. Let her know God loves you because that's the beauty of pursuing people. We get to show them the image of Yah. Yah is a pursuer. He's a pursuer of enemies. We probably would tell Jesus he was naive in how he loved people. Jesus, you going to still accept Peter after he denied you, homie? Like, he denied you around the campfire. He cussed. He was like, he ain't with you. He looked you in your face. You going to still be here? Like, where we from, that's violation. Like, yo, you went to a party and we fought and you didn't fight. We was like, you, better not, you ain't come home with us. We was like, you ain't come home. We go to the club. Like, you don't, we don't, you don't fight with us? Oh, we're we going to fight with you when we get to the crib. We would look at Jesus as being naive. But Jesus countlessly over and over again dealt with broken relationships. Thomas doubted him. Peter denied him. Over and over again, 
His people that he came for rejected him and persecuted him. He was lied to. He was, lied to, he was spit on. He was beaten. Yet he went to the cross and showed amen. That's my thing. That's, that's, that means it's time to wind up. That's what that's. <laughs> Yet he went to the cross and showed the fullness of love through his death. Are you willing to die in your relationships for your brother and sister? I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about to yourself for the sake of y'all being together. I know you can't do it by yourself. You need the Holy Spirit. So I want to take a moment out as the worship team come up. Because I know the relationship's not easy, and I know that relationships can leave scars and hurt. But I'm telling you, the joy of reconciliation is so beautiful. When I sit on the phone with my older sister, after two or three years, And she told me, I miss your voice. I miss you encouraging me. I just didn't know how to explain how I felt. For two or three years, I kept pursuing. I didn't stop. Even when my wife said, baby, just let it go. I was like, I can't. To sit on the phone with her, and she's just talking. We were talking and laughing like nothing ever happened. And she apologized. I didn't even care about the apology. I just was happy that she was talking to me because I value more our family and our togetherness than our brokenness. I value more of our shared experience than our shared brokenness. There's some people in this room that have been hurt. And there's some people in the room that hurt somebody. I want to give an opportunity for us to pray. I'm going to give an opportunity for you to be prayed for. Relationships are not easy. They're going to continue to be hard. But we got to love each other. Especially when we're supposed to be his disciples. We got this Holy Spirit. Saints, we can't, have ex- we can't keep having excuses why we don't love each other. Why we don't. When we have the Holy Spirit that says, I'm not asking you to do anything. Just let me do what I came to do. We've all, if you're a believer, been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Name not meaning title. Name in the person of of Christ, in the person of the Holy Spirit, in the person of Yahweh. So we have everything that we need, all the power we need to maintain our relationships. One of my favorite speakers said this, Francis Chan, he said, the issues with our relationships, and I'm tearing it up, is in this book called uh, the, the Newest Unity Book. He said, our issue is not a the, uh, theological issue. It's a relationship issue Why we stay divided. It's not about what we agree on and mentally of you voting for this, you vote for that, you vaccinated, you vaccinated, you met. It's not about that. That's not the issue. 
The issue is a heart, not submission to the image of Christ in us by his Holy Spirit. How much do you love the person across the room from you? The person sitting next to you, the person you go to city group with. We are family. A lot of our greatest issues that we keep forgetting that we all find a place at the foot of the cross. We all don't deserve to be part of God's family. We rejected him when he gave us family. We rejected it. But by his grace, it's a gift to us. Everybody next to you is a gift to you, so you won't have to live life alone. You don't have to do parenting alone. You don't have to do marriage alone. You don't have to do your business alone. You don't have to go to the park alone. You don't have to jog. You don't have to do anything alone because you can say, I got family. Even if your father hasn't been in your life, your mother hasn't been in your life, your brothers haven't been in your life, you have family in Christ who is saying, here, I am your brother, and this won't stop with this earth. It goes beyond this earth. God gave us an eternal, everlasting family that even if our blood brothers and sisters don't come to know him, our relationship with him will stop here on this earth. But our relationship with you, brother, if you're a believer, which I believe you are, because you kept saying amen and you died bobbing your head to the word of God, amen. Our relationship goes beyond the earth. Is that not worth fighting for? So if ties two women and elders can come up as we give a time to pray and I'm going to pray. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information about Blueprint Church, visit us online at blueprintchurch.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Blueprint Church. Have a great week and we'll see you next Sunday.